Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I am Pastor Jason Van Bevel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is day 492 of our three-year journey through God's Word, and we're in 2 Kings chapter 7. And I hope you're doing well on this day as we are looking to this next chapter in God's Word. This is one where the assignments between Mike and me got a little bit awkward in that he did 2 Kings 6, which was left off right in the middle of the story, and then we went to Psalms and Proverbs, and then I'm doing 2 Kings 7, picking up the story that he started with with you guys a few days ago. So anyway, I will do my best to pick up the ball where he handed it off and uh, look to 2 Kings 7. And to do that, why don't we ask the Lord's help, because we need his help. It is his word, and we are his people. So let's pray to him. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for your word. Your word is so true and so helpful, so life-giving. Father, write it on our hearts and help us to love you for all that you have spoken to us and all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Kings chapter 7. But Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow about this time, a seah of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Then the captain, on whose hand the king leaned, said to the man of God, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? But he said, You shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Now there were four men who were lepers at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, Why are we sitting here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we shall die also. So now come, let us go over to the camp of the Syrians. If they spare our lives, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall but die. So they arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. But when they came to the edge of the camp of the Syrians, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and of horses, the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to come against to come against us. So they fled away in the twilight and abandoned their tents, their horses, and their donkeys, leaving the camp as it was and fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into a tent and ate and drank, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried off things from it and went and hid them. Then they said to one another, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. If we are silent and wait until the morning light, punishment will overtake us. Now, therefore, come, let us go and tell the king's household. So they came and called to the gatekeepers of the city and told them, We came to the camp of the Syrians, and behold, there was no one to be seen or heard there, nothing but the horses tied and the donkeys tied and the tents as they were. Then the gatekeepers called out, and it was told them within the king's household, And the king rose in the night and said to his servants, I will tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry. Therefore, they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the open country, thinking 
When they come out of the city, we shall take them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants said, Let some men take five of the remaining horses, seeing that those who are left here will fare like the whole multitude of Israel who have already perished. Let us send and see. So they took two horsemen, and the king sent them after the army of the Syrians, saying, Go and see. So they went after them as far as the Jordan, and behold, all the way was littered with garments and equipment, so that the Syrians had that the Syrians had thrown away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Syrians. So a seah of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seahs of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Now the king had appointed the captain on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. And the people trampled him in the gate, so that he died, as the man of God had said when the king came down to him. For when the man of God had said to the king, Two seahs of barley shall be sold for a shekel, and a sea of fine flour for a shekel, about this time tomorrow in the gate of Samaria, the captain had answered the man of God, If the Lord himself should make windows in heaven, could such a thing be? And he said, You shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so it happened to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. I mean, how many times does God have to give us the same basic lesson over and over again? We need to trust the word of the Lord and not our own senses, not our own reason, not worldly wisdom, not culturally prevalent attitudes. We need to trust the word of the Lord, not our circumstances, not our own attempts at prophecy that we sometimes call anxiety about the future, not our doom and gloom, not our wishful thinking. We need to trust the word of the Lord. This is just so clear throughout scripture, and we're told it in so many different ways, at so many different times, with so many different examples. And so here's another one. The city of Samaria is under siege. The siege has gotten really, really bad. And the people are desperate. And the king is so angry that he is determined that he's going to cut off the head of Elisha because this is from the Lord and Elisha is the prophet of the Lord. And so he is going to just do away with him. But Elisha says, hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow, even though you've been in this horrible siege, even though people are starving to death, even though the whole army of Syria surrounds the city, there is absolutely no prospect of hope or help on a human level. You are outnumbered. You are surrounded. You are starving. People are desperate. There is no human help in sight. There is no human solution to your problem. Even though all of that is true, hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, there's going to be plenty of food for everybody. That's what the sea of fine flour for a shekel and two seahs of barley for a shekel. Because at this point in time, when Elisha says this, a sea of fine flour, I mean, people would give mountains of gold for it. You can't eat gold. And if you're dead, it doesn't going to do you any good. So a sea, by the way, is about seven quarts. So that's pretty good. About seven, about seven quarts of flour, almost two gallons of flour. 
is going to be sold for a shekel. And a shekel is just the ordinary coin that you would get uh, for, you know, a common, you know, regular unskilled labor wage. Okay, so it's just a normal, ordinary, not great amount of money. Two seahs of barley. So you could get 14 quarts of barley for that. It's enough to feed your family. And that's a, a good, normal price. It's actually a pretty cheap price. In the middle of a famine, in the middle of a siege, how is that even possible? And the captain, uh, who, who is the one who sort of is by the king, the king leans on him. He's like the captain's, the, the king's close bodyguard, closest bodyguard. He just mocks it. He's like, <laughs> God himself could rain down stuff from heaven and this wouldn't be the truth. I mean, it's just not going to happen. But it happens. And it's the most unlikely people who see it. It's four lepers. Uh, whenever I think of lepers together, I always think of the lepers that Jesus encountered. Remember the 10 lepers that Jesus encountered and he healed and one came back and thanked him. But over and over again, Jesus would encounter lepers. These are outcasts of society. They're people who live their lives as being unclean and unaccepted and untouched and unloved. And they're just, they're living outside of the city. They're not inside the city because nobody wants them inside the city. So they're living outside the city and they're not they're not a threat to anybody, so the Syrians haven't really harassed them that much. But the, the Syrians aren't going to want them in their camp either. And so, but they're starving to death like everybody else. They're just they're going to die. So what are they going to do? And they go into the camp, and they see that the camp has been abandoned. They see that it's completely gone. Every, everybody has left, and they've left everything there. They got out of there as quick as they possibly could. And so they left behind all of their treasure all of their food, all of their stuff. They basically just got straight up on their horses and got out of there as quickly as they could. And apparently, from what we read later in the text, they were lightening their load as they went, and so they were just throwing things away because they were desperate to get out of there. What could cause that to happen? You know, that's not even hard for God to do. <sighs> that's not even hard for God to do. God caused the men in the camp to hear the sound of a great army coming. Verse 6. They made the army, the Lord made the army of the Syrians hear the sound of chariots and horses, the sound of a great army. So great, so many horses, so many chariots. And if you're a trained soldier, you know how to recognize that sound rumbling along the earth, coming to you. And it's it's coming. You think, oh, this is so loud. I've never heard anything like this before in my life. And it's getting ever closer. And if it's loud enough to hear, that means they're going to be there any moment. And it's so big. It must be the Hittites and the Egyptians. The Hittites were this fearsome people who lived to the north. And the Egyptians were a fearsome people who lived to the south. And so a great northern army and a great southern army. And they're descending upon us and they're going to smush us. And we've got to get out of here right now or we're all going to die. And so they leave everything. It wasn't hard for God. You see, what's impossible for people is not even hard for God. He just does it. What we can't even see or imagine happening, God does without breaking a sweat. Do we trust him? Do we trust him? If he says he's going to do something, do we trust him to do it? I mean, here's something impossible. Humanly speaking, how could I possibly be free 
from all sin, doubt, fear, disease, death, sorrow, guilt, shame, anxiety, anger? How can I possibly be free from all of that? And how can I have a body that lives forever, ever youthful, ever thriving, never aging, never aching, never growing tired or getting weak or sick. How is that even possible? Like, There's no way in the world we could even begin to wrap our heads around that. But God has promised us that. In his word, secured by his son in his resurrection, God has promised us that one day we will see Jesus face to face and that will be true of us forever, forever and ever in a world of undying life in a world of abundance and joy, in a world of pleasures forevermore, we will live forever with the Lord and with those who love the Lord. That's true. So the question for us is, do we trust the word of God and his seemingly impossible promises, or do we only trust what our eyes see and what our reason can wrap its head around? I hope we will take the word, the, the Lord at his word, and take the word of the Lord to heart. Let's pray. Father, you are good. You sent your son to be the fulfillment of all of your promises, to accomplish everything needed for our salvation. You sent him to bring us from death to life, to be yours forevermore. Help us to trust your word more than what our eyes can see, more than what our reason can figure, more than what our our worldly perspective can possibly bring home. Help us to trust you and your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for Second Kings chapter 7. Mike is going to be back tomorrow. And uh, I believe, let me just double check the schedule. Yep, Second Kings chapter 8 is on tap for tomorrow from Mike. So I hope you can join him for that. And of course, I hope you have a very blessed day in the Lord. Mm -hmm.